0: It's March 25th, 2017, and that means there's nine months left until Christmas. On today's episode, we're going to learn all about the history of one of the most classic Christmas carols, Silent Night. I'm also going to give Disney some ideas on how to bring a little more Christmas magic to the happiest place on earth. We've also got a little Christmas for your taste buds, some Christmas movie news, and we'll add a little more to the raging debate about Die Hard. Okay, let's start the show. Chris March, welcome to the show. It may be spring outside, but there's a winter wonderland inside our hearts. Cheesy? Probably. Accurate? A little bit. Got plenty of Christmas fun in store for you today, but first, an update. I mentioned in a previous episode that there were two other houses on my block that kept their Christmas lights up after Valentine's Day while I finally outlasted them, I'm the last one to have my lights up. They took theirs down a couple weeks ago, and now mine is the only lights that are up and lit. Granted, it's only one small string of solar-powered lights, but I am still declaring myself the winner. I'm also declaring that we need to get on with this show, because we need a little Christmas now. We need a So last year, I told you about a new tradition my family and I came up with. We pick a random day in March and have a Christmas dinner. We call it Chris-March. Well, I call it Chris-March, and they tolerate it. This year, we did it again, so I decided to add a new side dish. I discovered a recipe for the best green bean casserole. It's a lofty title, so I decided to put it to the test. So let's go to the Can't Wait for Christmas kitchen. Hey there! We are now here in the Can't Wait for Christmas kitchen. And we are going to make a green bean casserole. Now, full disclosure, this is the first time I've ever made this. But I chose this recipe because it looked like something. You don't need a lot of ingredients. You just need a can of green beans. I chose the French cut style. Uh, A can of cream of chicken condensed soup. You need some shredded cheese. And I like to use some Ritz crackers. The actual recipe calls for fried onions. Uh, I'm not a big onion fan, so I decided I would do this with uh, crushed Ritz crackers. Or I'm sure you can use any kind of like off-brand crackers. I-, I just chose Ritz because my family loves them, so we have tons of them. Uh, also, the original recipe calls for cream of mushroom soup. I like a little, I like a little chicken, uh, cream of chicken soup. So I thought we were uh, so basically, I'm not making the recipe the way you're supposed to make it. So this could all go horribly wrong, but we'll see. So the first thing you got to do is take the. Um, how long, how much is it? The 14.5 ounce can of green beans. We're going to open that up and then we're going to drain it. Hopefully that worked. I'm not very good with this can opener. Hey, I did it, okay. So now I'm just going to drain these green beans real quick. All right, green beans are drained as good as they'll ever be. So then you take the green, the green beans that are now drained and you put them in a microwave safe bowl blah-da-blap. Then, you take your uh, ten and a half ounce can of cream of, in this case, chicken soup, and you add that to the bowl. The thing I like about this recipe, uh, it's quick. It doesn't take a lot of ingredients. And, did I already say this? You can, like, like, this is, like, if you're going to bring something to, like, a Christmas dinner that you have to bring something for, this is a a pretty easy thing you probably just upscale the ingredients to make it larger if it's a, a big gathering but um you you only really need like four ingredients you need the cheese you need uh cream of soup you need a can of green beans and you need ritz or if you want to use the onions uh and it, on, it only takes uh, 10 minutes of prep time 15 minutes of cook time you're good to go all right so now that the uh green beans and the soup are in the microwave safe bowl we mix well I always like when they tell you to mix well, as though some other recipe is gonna go like mix, but don't don't break your back about it. You know, just you know mix, mix poorly. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily mixed well, but that is as well as I'm gonna do it. So now we take this and we put it in the microwave to warm it up for until it's warm. So it says three to five minutes. I should point out that it's, you should preheat preheat your oven to 350 degrees before you start. I'm not doing it that way because what I'm doing is I'm prepping the casserole part of it uh, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, my wife's going to come home and do the final heating of it in the oven. And then uh, we'll have it for dinner tonight as part of our March celebration. Okay, just FYI, there's going to be a time cut here because I'm not going to make you sit through the entire three minutes of the beans and soup warming up. All right, and that's that. Hey, I'm gonna get some hot pads to touch this microwave tape bowl because it's not Tim's finger safe when it comes out of the microwave. Okay, so now we've got a nice warmed up soup and green bean mixture. And to that, we add a half a cup of cheese and stir that in. You see the cheese are stirring and beans are hooking there, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a green bean casserole with you. This parody is lame. All right. That's stirred in. And so we've got to heat that for another two to three minutes in the microwave. Now, I'm going to skip, skip that step again because I don't really need this to be warm ahead of time. Because this is going to go in the refrigerator. So I'm going to skip to the next step. But if you were doing this where you're just making everything all the way through, the next thing you would do is heat this in the microwave for two to three more minutes. And then you would skip to this step, which is uh, putting this into the casserole dish. So transfer it from the microwave-safe bowl into your casserole dish, which we are doing now. Cheesy and delicious with lots of soupy goodness. Now, I'll grab some Ritz crackers and I'm just gonna crumble them up on the top. Whoops, should have crumbled that one a little bit more. It's just a giant chunk of Ritz cracker on the, on the uh, uh, casserole right now. See, there's about four. I'm gonna do one more. One more Ritz cracker here. Just sort of mushing them in my hands and then just sprinkling the Ritzy goodness all over the casserole. You know what, I'm gonna do one more because I still see some blank spots here that need some ritzy love. All right, now that what I'm done with that, we need another half a cup of cheese to go on top of this. Sprinkling the cheese all on the top. Make sure it's all covered. All right, so we've combined all ingredients. All we have to do now is put this in the oven at 350 degrees and it says to do it until the cheese melts and the onions just begin to brown. That's gonna be hard for me because I didn't use onions, I used Ritz crackers, but uh, you'll be able to tell when the cheese melts. So I'm guessing that's around 10 to 15 minutes. That's what I'm gonna tell my wife to do because my wife's gonna be the one to take this over the finish line. And then I will check back in after I eat some to let you know how it was. In fact, let's cut to me in the future! Welcome back to the Christmas Cave. Well, I've had it, and it was quite tasty. I don't know if it would be better or worse with the onions or the mushrooms. You're welcome to try it the original way, because the link is in the show notes. The link to this recipe, you can go to can'twaitforchristmaspod.com, download the recipe, try it for yourself, try it with the modifications I made with the Ritz crackers and the cream of chicken, or add your own special flavor to it. No matter what you do, if you try it, please let me know. Leave a comment at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com or email me at Christmas@Tancast.com. At let me know how it was. Okay, now that we've eaten, let's move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Bye. On March 5th, I was lucky enough to be asked to join Jeff and Kristen on an episode of the Nostalgia Podcast. They let me jibber-jabber about a lot of stuff, but one of the things that we talked about was overlays for the attractions at Disneyland. There are already a number of rides that get makeovers for the holidays. During Halloween, Space Mountain becomes Ghost Galaxy, and the Haunted Mansion gets taken over by the Nightmare Before Christmas. And at Christmas, the Jungle Cruise becomes the Jingle Cruise, and a Small World becomes a Small World Holiday. So we came up with other ideas for overlays for other rides and other seasons. It was a fun time, and I put a link to the episode in the show notes for this episode so you can give it a listen, but I had some more Christmas-specific overlay ideas after we were done, so I thought I'd share them with you now. Starting with... Number 5. Soarin'. Until recently, this ride has always had some Christmas in it. Back when it was Soarin' over California, the last scene of the ride had you soaring over Disneyland Park during a Christmas parade and fireworks show. Now that it's Soarin' over the world, or actually just Soarin', it's just regular Disneyland at the end. So if you're going to take Christmas out of the ride most of the year, you should put it back for the holiday season. Take a page from It's a Small World and show us various locations all over the world decorated for Christmas. I'm sure there are many locales in Europe that would be beautiful to fly over during the holidays. I'd be curious to see what Jerusalem looks like during Hanukkah. What does Africa look like during Kwanzaa? These are questions you could answer, and you could just switch out the movie. It's not that hard for you. Just take that IMAX camera, slap it on the bottom of a helicopter, and go get some new footage. Then, cap it off with another trip down Disneyland's Main Street during the Very Merry Christmas Parade, and you've got yourself a holiday overlay worth unwrapping. Number four. The Matterhorn. The cold, icy slopes of Matterhorn Mountain already provide a wintry backdrop for your thrilling bobsled ride, but... With a little holiday magic, it could be a bobsled ride through a Santa's workshop. Although, since Harold, the abominable snowman in the ride, already bears a striking resemblance to the Bumble from the Rankin-Bass Rudolph special, they could team up with Rankin-Bass and do a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer overlay. You could call it Rudolph's Matterhorn Adventure Encounter with the Bumble. Boom! I'm just giving away ideas for free, Disney! Write these down! Number three, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. One of the great things about Disneyland is that it attempts to educate as well as entertain. This is certainly true of the great moments with Mr. Lincoln Show. But when the holidays come around, why not use this attraction to take a look at what Christmas was like in the middle of the 19th century? Who better than Honest Abe to give us a peek into what the White House was like at Christmas during the 1860s? Number 2 The Disneyland Railroad I suggested this one for a Halloween overlay on the nostalgia episode, but it would be a great fit for Christmas, too. It could be Santa's train, with Santa being the narrator. Ho, ho, ho. Remain seated, please. Permenecer ser centavos, por favor. Ho, ho, ho. Then, instead of going by the Grand Canyon at the end, you could roll by Santa's workshop. It would probably be quite an undertaking to convert the Grand Canyon and all those dinosaurs into Santa's workshop, but it would be totally worth it. Honorable mentions. Space Mountain. Okay, I really have no logical reason for this one. I just, after I saw the Star Wars overlay when they made it into Hyperspace Mountain, I know they could make a fun Christmas space adventure with all the video projection and the lighting effects and all the music that's built right into the ride. I know it would barely fit the theme, but it would be cool. I want to see it. Anyway, that's why it's just an honorable mention. Number one. The Enchanted Tiki Room. This is the one I thought of as soon as I was done recording the Nostalgia episode and I immediately regretted not bringing it up. The tropical celebration of Christmas doesn't get nearly enough love and this would be a perfect way to do it. We could use these singing birds and crooning flowers to see how they celebrate Christmas where it's warm and sunny. They could sing songs like Make a Kalikimaka and A Christmas Island and I think there's even a, a Hawaiian version of 12 Days of Christmas. This would be so awesome, because let's face it, the Tiki Room could use a little love, so why not do a special thing during the holidays to get some more bodies in there? Come on, Disney, help these birds out. Anyway, that's my list. Any overlay ideas that I left out, especially since I focused exclusively on the Disneyland Resort in California. Do you have other ideas for overlays that uh, I didn't come up with? I would love if you shared them with me, especially if you got ideas from Disney World or one of the other Disney parks. Please share. I'd love to revisit this list someday with all listener suggestions. So send me any suggestions you might have to christmas at tancast.com. Whoop. Before we go any further, I've just been handed a Christmas news bulletin, and that means it's time for All I Want for Christmas is News. All, All I, I want, want for Christmas, Christmas is boy. Okay. That's enough. Stop it. 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 That's annoying every time. If this is your first time listening, it's going to seem like I made up this segment especially for this story. But I swear, we've been doing this segment for almost a year now. But it's especially fitting today because this news is about Mariah Carey. The writer-performer of the Christmas juggernaut All I Want for Christmas Is You has announced via teaser trailer on Twitter that she is making the song into an animated movie due out this year. She had previously adapted the song into a children's book where the main character just wants a puppy for Christmas. Now, I haven't read it yet, but I would think the line about standing under the mistletoe would become kinda awkward when you change it from a romantic story to literal puppy love. But whatever. All indications are that the movie will be an adaptation of the book. Now, how are they gonna get an entire movie's worth of content out of a kid really wanting a puppy? I'm not sure. But I'm always down for hearing that song again, so I'm sure I'll go see it, maybe with both my boys in tow. No exact release date yet. The trailer just says, Holiday, 2017. If you'd like to see the teaser, there's a link in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Now let's move from the most popular Christmas song of the modern era to perhaps the most popular Christmas song of all time. Let's take a look at the classic carol, Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all night. All is bright. This song will be 200 years old next year, and the lyrics turned 200 years old last year. Wait, what? I know, it's confusing. The story of Silent Night actually has a few twists and turns in it. Let's go back to where it all began in the village of Maria Farr in Austria. Did somebody say Austria? Arnold Schwarzenegger? What are you doing here? I'm here to help you talk about this Christmas carol here. But why? What do you have to do with Silent Night? Because just like Silent Night, I am from Austria too. Plus, my name is synonymous with Christmas after starring in the perennial holiday classic Jingle All The Way. (laughs) I mean, that's very nice of you to offer, but I think I got this. Listen to me. Listen to me now. You need someone with authority to help you tell this legendary story. Just start and I'll jump in when you need some help. I don't know. Do it. Do it now. Okay, okay. Well, like I said, it starts in Riafar in Austria. That's where Joseph Moore was working as an assistant priest. Joseph. What? It's not Joseph. It's Joseph. What? Look at that. J-O-S-E-P-H. That is Joseph. Look, who's from Austria here? Besides, I've heard enough of your outtakes from your past episodes to know you don't know how to pronounce anything. Wow. I didn't know you were such a big fan. Don't push it, Christmas boy. Alright, well, Josef was originally from Salzburg, Austria. He studied to become a priest. And his first assignment was to Maria Farr in 1816. Unfortunately, that year was a particularly rough year on the town. Yeah, there was a volcano in the Pacific that erupted and it blocked out the sun with its ash. This made it very cold in the winter and even the summer was cold. This led to much of the crops failing and people there were very hungry. We've got to help them! Uh, This was like 200 years ago. But Moa is going to get tuberculosis in this same year. He's going to have it throughout his entire life. We can travel back in time to save them like when I went to save John Connor. That was a movie. Hold on, Moa. I'm coming. Okay. Well, from this dark year, Yosef was able to find some light. As the story goes, one cold winter night, he was summoned to bless the house of a woodsman whose wife had just given birth. After trudging through the snow, he came upon the house and was quite moved by the scene before him. The young baby in the cradle made him think of the night of Jesus' birth. They say that the scene filled him with so much Holy Spirit that he was inspired to write the poem that would one day be known the world over. Silent night, holy night. All are sleeping, alone and awake. Only the intimate holy pair, lovely boy with curly hair sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly peace wait that's not how it goes i thought you were going back in time after terminator genesis they won't let me near the time machine anymore fair enough but those were the original lyrics to the poem well translated into english but it doesn't even make sense how are you sleeping alone and awake i mean you could be sleeping and alone and awake and alone but you can't be sleeping alone and awake Look, that's just what it says in this book I read. But it doesn't even fit over the meter of the song. Well, it doesn't become a song until two years later. Christmas Eve, 1818, Josef Moore is now serving as an assistant priest in St. Nicholas in Obendorf. He made friends with the church's organist, Franz Gruber. The circuits that cannot be cut are cut automatically in response to a terrorist incident. You ask for miracles, dear, I give you. No, 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 no. Not Hans Gruber. Franz Gruber. We'll get to you in a minute, Hans. I feel like I should make some sort of Hans and Franz joke right now. There's no need. All right. Anyway, it was Christmas Eve. The church organ had broken down. They only had a few hours to come up with alternative music for the Christmas service. Luckily, Gruber was up to the task of setting Moore's poem to music for the guitar. It was performed that night, much to the delight of the congregation. Can you imagine something you only spent a few hours on being so popular hundreds of years later? That would be like... That term paper you waited till the last minute to write back in college, now being used as an example in every textbook forever after that. Well, anyway, six years later, an organ repairman came to fix the church organ. Wait, it took six years to get someone to repair their organ? That is some lousy customer service. Yeah, even Comcast looks good next to that, right? Oh, sick burn. Pound it. Oh, sorry. So, this repair guy finds a copy of Silent Night and asks permission to take it home with him. Not long after, the song started being sung all over Austria before spreading all over the world. However, there was no connection to Moore and Gruber. No one knew who wrote it. Oh no! Now Moore and Gruber will never be famous! Arnie, we're talking about them right now. They're famous. But how? King Frederick Wilhelm Ah! IV of Prussia He heard the song and was so impressed, he directed his court musicians to find out who composed it. The search eventually led to Gruber's son, who told his father, who laid out an official account of that first silent night on Christmas Eve, 1818. And that's that. Hasta la vista, baby! Not quite. Gruber did leave out the detail about when Moore had actually written the original poem. We didn't find that out until 1995, just a little over 20 years ago. How did we find it out? Was it some crazy archaeological mission like an Indiana Jones? Nope. Some lady in Austria was talking to a friend at a museum, and she realized she had an original manuscript from Joseph Moore hanging on her wall. Upon inspection, it was noted that Moore had established the date he wrote the poem as eighteen sixteen. And there you have the story of Silent Night. You know, John Denver and the Muppets told this story a lot faster than you did. Did they have an Austrian former governor interrupting them every five seconds? No, they had a Christmas album. On December twenty fourth, eighteen eighteen of a parish in Oberndorf, Austria, Joseph Moore, gave a poem that he had written to a friend of his, Franz Gruber, who was also the choir master and organist in that church. He asked Mr. Gruber if he would write music for his poem, and that he might write it for two solo voices and guitar accompaniment. Because the organ being broken, he desperately wanted music to be part of their Christmas Eve service. Mr. Gruber wrote the melody to a song which has become the most beloved of all Christmas characters. Stille Nacht, in English, Silent Night. Schlaf in Ruhe, Sleep in heavenly peace. Well, you gotta admit, we went into a bit more detail, and I think it was worth it. Plus, you had an authentic Austrian to give the story the proper cultural context. At what point did you provide any cultural context? Look here. This song is revealed in Austria. You're not even allowed to perform it publicly until 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. No way. Really? Huh. How about that? You're right. So I do owe you some thanks for dropping some Austrian knowledge on this segment. And to top it off, we're going to give the people what they want most. Oh, what's that? The world's most famous Austrian Christmas carol, sung by the world's most famous living Austrian. Wait, is that what they want? Hear it, Kevin. Silent night. Oh, please stop this. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round. Young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Yeah, ja! sleep there in heavenly peace. And there it is. Uh, thanks, Arnold. You're, you're welcome. I enjoyed looking at the history of Silent Night with you. I assume I'll be back next month to discuss the 20th anniversary of Jingle All The Way. Ooh, uh, actually, the 20th anniversary was last year. Well, it's okay. We can still... Oh, sorry. I hate to rush you out the door, but we gotta go. We gotta move on to the next segment. See you later, Arnie. Merry Christmas! That's not a thing! Okay, time to move on to our next segment Who Sang It Best? To stick with the theme and to get the taste of Arnie's version out of your ears, we're going to have a silent night showdown. So prepare to get your vote on as we pit these two performers against each other. In this corner, we have legendary soul singer Al Green. This corner, the beautiful voice of the animal loving Sarah McLaughlin. It's up to you to pick your favorite at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, and we'll announce the winner on next month's show. So vote today and let us know who sang it best. But now we go from a silent night to a very noisy one. It's time to try and answer the eternal question. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It's Christmas Eve in L.A. Welcome to the podcast. Die Hard, a Christmas movie! I've been asking you to email in to us at Christmas at TanCast.com with your arguments on whether Die Hard is or isn't a Christmas movie. Yippee-kai-yay or yippee-kai-nay. I even posted about it on the official Can't Wait for Christmas Facebook page, and we got a few comments I thought were worth sharing right now. So we got a comment from Dwayne from nzchristmas.nz who says, This is a Christmas film. Why? It's set at Christmas time. It has great classic Christmas music. It has Santa. It encourages feel-good feelings. LOL, I can't believe I got through that without laughing. Sorry, it is not a Christmas film. No feel-good feelings, and the story is not Christmas-themed. Yes, it does have music and a party, but that's it. Okay, so Dwayne is definitely in the no-camp. Then... We have Stephanie, who says, Hashtag yippee kai yay This year, hubby and I started a tradition of watching it when the kids go to bed on Christmas Eve. There would be no holiday party if there was no holiday. If no party, then no hostage situation. Therefore, the situation, therefore movie, only exists because it's Christmas. Therefore, it is a Christmas movie. That's a lot of therefores, so that makes me right. Smiley face. Oh, and as a follow-up, it rekindles their marriage and kindles a bromance. Feel goods at the end. So we have a yippee kaye yay and a yippee kai nay But what do you say? Are these arguments swaying you? Perhaps you'd like to make an argument of your own. Well, I'd love to read it on the show. Send it to us. Christmas at TanCast.com. Tan like the color, cast like you broke your arm, and we will read your letter on a future show. This is their idea of Christmas. i got to be here for New Year's. <laughs> oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire that's all the time we have for this week. I do want to let you know if you are in the San Francisco Bay area and you would actually like to see me do this comedy thing I keep saying I do. Well, I'm actually going to be at the comedy club Rooster Tea Feathers, March 29th through April 2nd. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There'll be two shows on Saturday. Uh, There's a link to get tickets in the show note of this episode at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com Also, just a note that a lot of the information I used on the Silent Night bit was from a DVD I got from my local library called Silent night the Christmas Carol that united the world I recommend it if you want to learn even more about Joseph and Austria and lots of other stuff however I must warn you I have never actually seen the whole thing start to finish I don't know what it is about it every time I try to watch it I fall asleep every time So, don't watch it while operating heavy machinery. Also, thanks to Kevin McLeod for his performance of Silent Night, which I used to create Arnold Schwarzenegger's version. Uh, It was used under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more info on that in the show notes of this episode. So, you've got a lot to check out at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com this month. You gotta grab that green bean casserole recipe. You gotta check out my recent guest spot on Nostalgia. You gotta vote on your favorite version of Silent Night. You gotta find out how to get tickets to see me at Rooster Teeth Feathers March 29th through April second and maybe leave a comment or two all right i have finally got to take down those christmas lights in the front yard now that i've won but i will talk to you again next month and in the meantime keep laughing all the way and that was christmas 1983 actually dad it's 2017 oh. Oh, oh, ho. Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash can't wait for Christmas Pod. Or on Twitter, we are at Christmaspods. Or you could always send us an email directly at Christmas at Tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Chris Sinowicky. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right, I'm recording this on my 40th birthday. Happy birthday! Here's some Christmas! Why not? Listen to the excitement of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast while Tim microwaves things. Sure to be number one on iTunes, the microwaving things episode. Did you hear that episode where he microwaved things? It was amazing! It was like I was also sitting there in the kitchen bored out of my mind. The cold, icy slopes of Matterhorn Mountain already provide a wintry backdrop. Ooh, birthday dinner coming back on me. I ate too much cake. Did I have three donuts and cake today and ice cream? Yes, I did. You know what? It's my birthday. I do what I want. I suggested this one for a Halloween overlay on the Nostalgia episode, but it would be a great... I suggested this one for a Halloween overlay on the Christmas... Uh I suggested this one for a Halloween overlay. (laughs) Let's go back to where it all began. The village of... Oh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger is right. I don't know how to pronounce things. Among them, this first village name. Even though... Oh, wait. Let's cancel. I already had it up. Did I... There it is. Maria Far. Maria Farr. Besides, I've heard enough of your outtakes from your past episodes to know that you do not... Yeah. (laughs) I'm tripping over my Austrian accent. That is not an Austrian accent. It's barely an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. You keep quiet! I feel like I should make some sort of Hans and Franz joke right now. There's no need. All right. I do why that made me laugh. <laughs>